Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. I know our listeners are probably wondering. That's a that's an interesting choice of song coming in, Matt. That was uh, something that you suggested, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you uh, expound on that. Well, Derek, I was told uh, after last week's show, I was told to I was told to let things go. And so anytime throughout so, the week. So what, what are we letting go? Are we, are we talking about what we're letting go or we're just letting go? I was told to let it go. Let it go. Okay. I'm just going to keep go. saying that. Basically, my wife was Elsa. She raised her hand and she said, and just through ice. Just through ice. Well, yeah. yeah okay. And she said, she right. said, let it go. And um, that's what I'm doing. Okay. So there are some things I'd love to talk about, but I'm not going to. Because, because letting it go. I'm letting it go and I'm moving on because this is going to be a great show. It's 80 degrees outside. It's absolutely awesome. Beautiful weather on this Wednesday afternoon as we record the UTW podcast. Uh, Derek, I, I am a little surprised. I, I had no idea we had so many listeners. Um, well, I mean, we, we knew we had some numbers, uh, advertisers. We do have listeners, several hundred listeners uh, every show, so we do appreciate everybody listening. But uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had some actually reach out to us. Uh, we did? I didn't realize we had so many listeners that were computer experts. They were oh, really yeah. good at typing. Yeah. Really uh, good at typing. So, so, hey, it's, look. Quick to hit send and maybe even take a screenshot of things, which is... Uh, we'll do a public service announcement. Uh, again, teenagers, uh, young adults, uh, understand whatever you type... Yes. Uh, can and will be uh, in the ether forever. Uh, can, also, can and will be used you in the court of public opinion. Yes, and, and can be used as screenshots. Which uh, I mean, what what you know, people that screenshot anything I use, I send. Yeah. I'm always aware of that, so I always word it uh, as such. So I'm not embarrassed of anything that is ever put out in public that I have typed or sent. Hey, real uh, quick, outside can, of I will say outside of you and my brother. Um, other than just that, know I'll never do that to you. I'll other than that, it. but I mean, I, did, I mean seriously. Uh, so just, just that is the thing. Like, it, I, I'm fine with people sharing what I said or, or my opinions on something, <laughs> but uh, you do have to understand that people can use that for or against you. That is correct. And so, screenshots and different things that people can see, text messages, those things that people can see, uh, they don't disappear. And be weary of that. And and you know, so again, but Derek, I'm letting it go. I'm gonna let it go. Let it go. I'm not okay. gonna talk about last week's show. Wow, again, who knew last last week's show would be such a um I was still talking about last week's show on Saturday. So uh, so a lot going on about last week's show. And so uh, go listen to it. We had a good time talking about a number of different things. We certainly appreciate you tuning in this week to the UTW Pod. Looking forward to talking about sports and the Auburn meeting that, that happened this past Tuesday in Hernando. But before we start talking about that, and something really neat coming up for Derek's family, not his uh, family in Hernando, but his family at large, um, slim number of people get this experience. That's true. So true. look forward to talking about that in just a second. And speaking of experience, Derek, you want somebody, when it comes to buying or selling a home for you, when it comes to choosing and picking the right realtor in DeSoto County, you definitely want to work with somebody that has the experience you need to get you the best price, get you the best deal, walk you through this very, uh, let's just say, big decision for you and your family. Everyone that listens to the UTW podcast consistently knows who I'm speaking about. Our 2023 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 70 years of combined real estate experience. They have been the number one team in DeSoto County for the last 14 years. Whenever we first started this ad, it was 12 years and now it is 14 years that they've been number one. They're ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, what's going on in your street, how long houses are sitting on the market, how fast they are moving off the market, all the information that you want from your realtor. Brian and Terry are going to possess those analytics in 2023. Call them at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Load all your needs into the website. Let the website do all the work, number of bathrooms, number of bedrooms, school zones, all those different things. Let Brian and Terry's award-winning website help you find a house in DeSoto County. Call them again, 662-449-1700. Find their website, Team Couch. 
thecouch.com. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Glad to be recorded on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce. Cars, trucks, passenger vans, minivans. If you're in need of anything this summer when it comes to travel, please reach out to us as soon as you can. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Derek, I'll tell you a quick story. Had a nice couple come in last Friday. The woman was absolutely in tears. They were leaving the next day for a trip to Florida, had been planned for months. They had a reservation with, let's just say, the largest car rental company in the world. And then that Friday morning, they got a phone call that they could not be taken care of. So they looked all around the Memphis area for something when it comes to a van to be able to hold their family. I happened to have one. We worked it. I moved a few things around, talked to another customer, made sure they were okay with it because I want to take care of them. And uh, we were able to get them. The wife just bawled right here in our parking lot because she was that's so awesome. happy. So that's, awesome. that's the kind of stuff that we do here at Mobile Cars and Vans. 662-469-4555. We also work with body shops, transmission shops. If your car is going into a shop for repair, anything like that, we'd love to help you. Let us be of service at Mobile Cars and Vans. 662-469-4555. Mobile Cars and Vans. Derek, before we get to our usual kickoff of the UTW podcast, our since our last show segment, let's talk about what I was just kind of teasing because I think it's really neat. Tell us about what's going on for your family, specifically your sister, tomorrow. Yeah, so starting tomorrow, uh, actually the day this show is released on Thursday, so Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, and Monday afternoon, uh, my sister and four of my first cousins will be on the Family Feud. Uh, they were selected uh, during COVID, <laughs> actually right before COVID. They were supposed to tape this back in April of 2020. Uh, they were selected. Of course, everything was put on hold for a year and a half. They were called back in July of 2022. So last July, they were called back to actually record and you know to actually play the game uh, and compete against other families. They recorded that again last July, and it is airing tomorrow. So that's how it's been in the can now, what, nine months? Uh, it's been sitting there waiting, and they're now releasing. Uh, this is uh, season 24, I believe, uh, of The Family Feud. Uh, it, show, it, it airs on Fox, on our uh, Fox 13 here uh, in DeSoto County in Hernando. Uh, at 4 and 4.30 every day. So they're either going to be on the 4 o'clock show or the 4.30 show. Uh, and again, if whatever time slot they're on to, uh, on Thursday, they'll also be on on Friday and Monday. Now, they have not been able to tell us anything that has happened. Uh, they sign a non-disclosure. So if they tell any of the results, they forfeit any potential winnings that they had. Uh, but just really exciting and um, something we've known about for a while and that we finally got the, the date and the time that this will be shown. And so uh, they're having a big – they actually – my sister went back to Natchez today, uh, Wednesday, and will be uh, at a, a watching party Thursday and Friday with my family, which I'm sorely saying that I'm missing. But um, I think it's a great thing. So if you do watch uh, Family Feud at all, if you do care, I know some people may have left after Richard Dawson, but it is still going on 40 years later. Uh, of course, Steve Harvey is the host, and she said he was you know really nice and does talk a lot more than you actually see on TV, if you can believe that. But they had a great time filming it last July, and I can't wait to uh, watch it. So uh, the Big Lane family uh, will be represented uh, starting tomorrow on the Family Feud. Again, the number of people that actually – premiere on a Family Feud show, or heck, for a, a show that large or a game show like that is extremely infinitesimal. Yep. So, is that the right word? Infinitesimal or is that small? <laughs> You're throwing, look at you. Know. Look at look, me. You used to make fun I know, of my yeah, words. Your words, my words for the weekend. Wow, yeah. look at yeah. you. Yeah. Well, did I tell you I'm letting stuff go, Derek? I'm you, letting you stuff go. go. There's a lot of things I, 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 I want to say. You're letting vocabulary go. I know, man. All kind of stuff. I'm trying go. to turn over a new leaf, Derek. I'm, try, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Um, I'm letting things go. Um, I, I just want to have better shows every week than last week's show. I, look, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Derek, since our last show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you on this one. I'm going to get out of your way. You start us off. Since our last show, what would you do? Last show, uh, since the last show, my son, uh, he had a parents weekend for the fraternity that he is in. I had planned this for a couple weeks, two or three weeks. Knew it was coming. Actually, more than that, two or three months, to be honest, because I had to book a hotel room pretty early uh, with everything going on in Oxford that seems to be every weekend, including this weekend. Uh, but there was you know, a lot of stuff going on. So had the hotel room, going down there, going to stay a night. Uh, they had something planned Friday at the house and then Saturday uh, downtown Oxford. And we get a call uh, Friday about right before lunchtime or a text uh, from our son saying, hey, look, um, you know, I still want y'all to come, but there was a, a Sigma Nu, uh, he's in the Sigma Nu fraternity, a Sigma Nu that passed away. 
uh, on Thursday night, so the night before. And so they would be canceling the events on Friday. We got an email shortly after that stating that. Uh, and so that they still would be having the event on Saturday. And just a really, really sad thing. Uh, we still went down Friday night because um, the hotel room, of course, I, you know, was day of. So we, we you know, we are paying for it. So we wanted to go down there. He still said, yes, we could come see them. We took him out to, to supper. Um, but they were, you know, they would not go out after that. They, the whole house was in mourning. And in fact, it was pretty cool. Uh, something I did not realize when a when any Greek person dies, passes away, all fraternities and sororities hang black ribbons on their columns or on their doors outside of their houses. So not just if it's yours, it's every one of them did. And uh, so we kind of drove around and saw that um, early Saturday morning and just a really, really uh, just sad thing. Um, so just reaching out to the family. Uh, he went to Christian Brothers, lived in Olive Branch. The funeral was today, uh, Wednesday. My son drove up for that. Uh, we'll be driving back this evening, though, and, and he has class tomorrow, so I do want him to go to class. But just a very sad thing and, and um, something that I you know, uh, have experienced before. Somebody from my high school that was killed when I was a senior in high school, he was killed at Mississippi State. And actually, some, some Dr. Paroli uh, from DeSoto Family Dental Care was one of the ones that came back for that funeral uh, and just very impressive when the fraternity shows up uh, for the death of one of their members. And so just a sad thing. We did end up having uh, the event uh, Saturday downtown Oxford. It was kind of muted, obviously. It was still good to meet other parents, uh, to meet some of his friends that he's made uh, in the fraternity. Uh, and then, of course, we were home Saturday night. So it was a it was a good weekend to see him. It was a good weekend to experience kind of and meet some of the people that he's become friends with, who he'll, he'll live with next year. Uh, some of the other parents you know, from out of town well, uh, was good to kind of connect, but also just kind of a sad, you know, situation to have that kind of hanging over everything. And, you know, the, the way, uh, unfortunately, um, this, this young man took his life. Uh, and that is not something that you want to know. I mean, nobody wants to hear, obviously, a death of the child at all in any form or fashion. But just to hear that that happening, uh, a, a, sen- a senior, that he would choose to do that is just heartbreaking. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things, I mean, you know, if, if please, Young people, uh, parents, pay attention, ask your children, communicate with your children. Nothing is that bad. Uh, anything can be worked out. I think everybody listening probably has something in their closet from their past, something they wish they hadn't done that they could hide from um, or, or maybe try to keep hidden for the rest of their lives. Completely understandable. But even if it came out, even if the worst thing like that happened, nothing is that bad. Um, and so I hope that if that's something they're thinking about, please seek help. Uh, if it's not something to think about, um, you know, that, or if you start having any inkling or your child starts reserved or pulled back or, you know, seems to kind of be not the way they normally are, please, please, please seek help of a, of a professional, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, uh, or a, a, a preacher, priest, whatever you may, may reach out to and uh, get the help that you need. Well said, Derek. Uh, absolutely. And look, I'm just looking on my phone real quick. They've never had it easier, Derek, to where 99.9% of the people that are listening, and definitely all the kids, probably 13 and up, are going to have a cell phone. Look, you can simply dial 988 and hit send, the number 988. You can text 988 and send that as a text, and someone will co- will contact you. If I'm looking, if I Google, if you if you Google Suicide Prevention Lifeline, it's right there. Just call 988 and hit send. To text is 988, hit send, and you can chat all that different things right there if you're having those kind of issues. Um, you know, Derek, we, we think it's something going to be teenager and older people related. Uh, when I was in the fourth grade, I had a young man that I knew took his own life. Wow. In the fourth grade. So um, parents, if you're listening to this right now, it is never too early to begin those discussions and those talks. Sadly, we protect our kids more than ever, but these things are happening more than ever. Well, so you I can't mean, have it both ways. It's 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 tough. I heard somebody said something to me uh, the other day. We were, I was sitting down for lunch with a few friends, and we were talking about something, and I think it's more prevalent on college campuses than ever before, mm. but there's more places that college people can turn to than ever before right so i'm confused on how that how does that work how does that work to where they have access to more things than ever before but we have more suicides than ever before on college campuses something's not adding up I don't yeah know. i think that um you know, coming out of the pandemic i don't have the exact statistics but i've read several articles listened to several podcasts anxiety depression uh, all those figures are up uh, more specifically in uh you know adolescents teenagers young adults uh and you know of course in 
females being the, the highest, uh, higher than males, uh, struggling with that, even though more males do commit suicide, do actually go through with it. Uh, but struggling with, with those uh, anxiety and disorders and, and depression. And like you said, though, and I think the camp the, the schools, to their credit, have acknowledged that. I mean, I know when uh, your daughter, my son, going through the same freshman orientation, there were so many times during the orientation, they were like, hey, look, if you're struggling you know, go to uh, the health center. Uh, we have free psychologists, free counselors. You know, go to the teacher if you're having problems. Like they, when I was in college, it was like, hey, good luck. You know, <laughs> throw your your your, your uh, little room key or whatever, and you know, good luck to you. Now they are they they do a lot more handholding, but yet coming out of the pandemic, other things going on, a lot of social media uh, having a lot of the emphasis forcing you know uh, uh, the hand on some of these teenagers to just always having to deal with it always trying to be perfect or whatever it may, it may be and it is just such so more prevalent and i will say it's also not it, it's easier to talk about it used to be is like hey i'm going to a therapist you're like whoa you're crazy sure. like you're you know what's wrong with you and now it is so it, it is it is just common to hear people talk about therapy which is a great thing for those that struggle but don't just don't just you know uh Throw the words out there. Don't you know? Have some meaning behind it. Have them get the help. And just uh, and it's just so sad. And you know, my, my son sees that. And, and we of course had that conversation with with our children as soon as we heard. Um, and you know, talked about it that night and the next day. And that, that's all you can do. I know. And they'll make their own choices. You cannot blame yourself. But at the same time, just please do everything you can just to have those conversations. Absolutely, Derek. Again, 988. You can dial that phone number anytime for help if those are thoughts that you're having. You're harming yourself or someone else, 988. No easy segue, Derek, but uh, let's move on to the Alderman meeting here in the city of Fernando. You said it was uh, a little bit longer than last the last <laughs> little while. So uh, let's see what kind of meat comes out of the Board of Alderman meeting for the city of Fernando, the second meeting in the month of April. What you got? Okay, Matt, we're skipping right to the, this was a, a very large planning meeting. Uh, on This oh, wow, is the, okay. the second meeting of the month, which is the, usually the planning, I guess things come up before the alderman. This one had several to look at. So we're skipping right down to the first. The first one was uh, had to deal with rezoning. The first, first three did, excuse me. First one was for the Magnolia Village PUD. This is a, re- a request to rezone 5.95 acres from agricultural to plan unit development. Now this is a thin piece of land just north of Laurelwood. It's a long and narrow piece. It would have a single drive with townhomes mainly on the north side. To the north of this property are houses that sit on several acres, and of course, Laurelwood is directly borders the south. Of this new development, 40% would be common area, which is 2.47 acres. There will be 20 total townhome units and 3.4 homes to the acre, which of course meets the city standards. There will be 30 parking spaces. The houses would have 850 square foot minimums. The Planning Commission did approve this unanimously. Uh, The streets would be private, which means gated, and would not have to be maintained by the city. The HOA would be responsible for all future maintenance of the road. Now, there was a question about the one entrance, and so the the planning developer kind of explained, uh, and uh, Bob Barber, who represented the, um, the owner, the answer with only being 20 houses, the townhomes being connected will have to be sprinkled and that, it, since it's private, one entrance would suffice per city and fire code because, of, again, the 20 houses, they'd be sprinkled, uh, and the fact that it's a private uh, drive. The development will also be 100% irrigated. Uh, the property is age-targeted 55 and over, but the city did not make it a requirement. They, so they can target, but if somebody under 55 wants to buy one, they can. Memphis Street will get an additional portion of a lane. So, you know, if you've ever driven past Laurelwood, there's like another four or five feet of space between the actual road itself uh, and the turn into Laurelwood. This will have something very similar. And also, there will be two new water features at the front of this new neighborhood because a lot of the water from Laurelwood runs onto this property. And so they'll use those ponds, these water features, uh, to catch uh, some of that water coming off of Laurelwood. This request was approved unanimously. So uh, that will be now, uh, development will start on that project just north of Laurelwood. The next rezoning request was for Highway 51 North on Hilltop. Uh, It was a request to rezone 3.87 acres from agricultural residential to M1 Light Industrial. Now, this property is north of the Nesbitt Baptist Church on 51, so kind of up toward Summit Church and uh, the realtor headquarters up there. The Planning Commission did also approve this rezoning. A final plat now would still need to be approved by the city and planning commission once they bring it back for, you know, the kind of the materials going to be used, et cetera. The applicant wants to do a heavy-duty truck repair and service shop. 
the company would be moving from Memphis to DeSoto County. So it would be a new new business coming into DeSoto County. Uh, and the family that owns it lives in Nesbitt. So this would be kind of very close to where they actually live. Uh, everything would have to be built by city codes, of course. And all things would be screened by a fence that they would bring back again for that final plat to tell you exactly what that fence would look like and would have to be approved by the city. Austin did warn that if other things are included in M1, uh, so he kind of went through and said, look, if you rezone this M1, understand that if they, for some reason they decide to pull out, here's everything else that can be built in M1. If they decided not to do the truck service company, the family is sure, hey, look, we're living here. We own the property. You know, we, we, This is what we want to do. We want to move down from Memphis. The property across the street and south across the street are also zoned M1, so this will be very similar to what's around and it was approved unanimously. So that will be something else that they'll have to bring, again, back what the uh, fencing, the brick, all that kind of stuff will still have to go through the planning commission again. The last rezoning request, Matt, was probably an hour and 20 minutes oh, of, the, uh, of the three-hour or two-hour and 45-minute meeting. But was it about the number of signs that are already up for politics? <laughs> No. Was this was not a sign. What? This was not an hour and twenty signs. This, this was not about okay. the, the uh, election right. signs. Not election yet. signs. Not, that, have, that have may be coming them? soon. Have you noticed election signs? I have been. Holy I have, cow! Yeah, they have hit me in the face. I yes, they have been driving. Literally. Yes. <laughs> Literally. I mean, they're so big. <laughs> Man, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, it's Golly. election season. Uh, so the last rezoning request. This is the request to zone rezone eight point seven acres from uh, agricultural to C two. Now this is a uh, on the south side of Pleasant Hill Road, west of Wooten Road more specifically known as 111 Pleasant Hill Road. So if this property, you know where the old Jimmy Gray Chevrolet dealership is right there at Nesbitt and 55. Now, is that going to be on the, is Jimmy Gray, is the old Jimmy Gray on the south side or north side? The south. On the right-hand side. East you side. You can see it right there on the right. right. There. Yeah, sure. Okay. This property is right next to that. Okay. Okay. So Cal Wilkins, who had all of the equipment that used to yeah, sit on sure. Highway 51, or sure. 55, excuse That's me. still there right now. It's still there right now, right. but he sold that to a cannabis That's uh, correct, yes. I guess Medical producer. Marijuana. Yep. Which uh, uh, I heard about that on the show. Yeah. Yep. I think we talked about that a couple yes, of years we did. ago. That, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he sold that, and he's now looking for another place to you know sell his equipment. Did he make a lot of green? Very nice. <laughs> Nicely played. So they are uh, um, moving that. He's trying to find somewhere else. He wants to buy this acreage, wants to move the shop there. Yes. And so that is where, obviously, the uh, issue comes in. Uh, there's a, a very old established neighborhood up there uh, called, I think, Nesbitt Estates that's off of Wooten Road. And so that is uh, what gone before the Planning Commission. A lot of people showed up for that, asked the Planning Commission to deny it, which they did. So it was denied by the Planning Commission three to one. Now, two of planning commissioners had to recuse themselves because of uh, either dealings with Mr. Wilkins or with the neighborhood. And then the chairman, of course, does not vote for the planning commission. So that's why it was kind of a lower number vote. Uh, so a supermajority would be needed in order to approve this. Now, it is surrounded by agricultural and C2 properties. So, again, it's, it's on both sides uh, of the rezoning. So some of them are agricultural with these houses uh, with larger lots. And then the other properties around it are C2. So George Reedy represented the owner, and he mentioned, look, we will agree to build a six-foot fence or some type of barrier, uh, a natural barrier, all around on the south side and on the east side of the property to protect anybody coming in off of Pleasant Hill or off of uh, Wooten Road to be able to see that. They I'm looking own- at it right now. It's a bunch of trees. Yeah, it's a bunch yeah, of trees. That's right. Yeah, it's okay. a lot of trees. Uh, there's one entrance from the property off of Pleasant Hill, so there would not be an entrance off of Wooten Road. The uh, developer said that would be part of the agreement. Is, uh, now that, that piece of property, I'm looking at this right here, that house is owned by the same people that own all this stuff. Yeah, so the is house that, is with it. The house is okay. part of this. Is that but, Mr. I mean, Wilson's home? Do you know or? Uh, I, no, I don't know what they're going to do with the home. Gotcha. It, actually, it wasn't even mentioned, but it did show the home on the sure, yeah. during the meeting. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So the mayor asked that they put be put on the plat that the only entrance could be off of Pleasant Hill Road. George Reedy agreed to that uh, okay. for the owner. Now, a woman stood up who has lived in the subdivision for 25 years and was against the zoning. Then another guy showed a video of the property. So he took, a, he took his camera phone, drove down the interstate like this, from north and south, and then also turning into the property. So you can see that there's all trees, that the property did not border the interstate. Then a third person then got up to speak about it, and he wanted to keep the neighborhood quiet. So this was, he was against it, obviously. This is the same guy who had a full – and remember we are talking about the Delta Landing that came yes. very close yes. to this neighborhood yes. also. So the guy that had the whole slideshow yes. about everything – this guy had a slideshow for this. Same guy. Same guy stood up there, had the slideshow, very well educated, very well prepared, brings it up there. He says his points were too far from the away from the interstate to meet a C2 requirement because it does not border it. He also talked about a cemetery just to the south of the property. I'm going to be honest, 
I don't know what that had to do with anything because it was not on this property, but I guess he said they might hit a grave yeah. digging stuff, I guess. Dead issue. Dead issue. Uh, <laughs> dead issue. He says uh, that then he, so he, but again, he went through all the reasons through his slideshow. And then a fourth person spoke against it who had also lived there for 30 plus years. George Reedy went back up there for the uh, owner or for Cal Wilkins and said, hey, look, um, that Lee Talbot, who lives in this neighborhood also, uh, says that he was going to speak for the project, but his father-in-law had a medical issue and could not be there for the night. But this is actually a somebody that lives in the neighborhood who was for the project. He mentioned that the Jimmy Gray and Country Ford, they were there. Those two dealerships, yes. which of course you still see the remnants of, yes. they were there before the subdivision was built. Interesting. So when these people so moved in, yes. they knew that there were car dealerships. They were building their houses behind right, right here. Cal, Cal Wilkins, as part of this agreement, uh, George Reedy also said that Mr. Wilkins has talked to the Jimmy Gray family and said, look, I will clean up some of the stuff that, you know, there's right. a lot of equipment still yeah, left on that course. property. I will help clean that up. Now, he has to get permission from them. They have to agree to it, but he can make that part of his agreement. I'll clean some of this up because – I mean, they, they said it two or three times on. It is an eyesore for the city because right. it's never been dealt with. Yeah. It was grandfathered in. Because he's trying to get a little bit of a view from the interstate. That's exactly So I'll right. make it look, hey, if, if they can see into my window, I'll make everything around a little better. That's yeah. right. I mean, that's, but again, the Jimmy Gray family has to agree to that. Sure. Um, and so, and then Mr. Uh, Reedy also said, look, no, this absolutely does meet the C2 requirements. He went through why it met him wow, again. Yeah. He even went a little bit step further. He said, I tell you what, you're supposed to have a 35-foot buffer for, you know, you know to kind of fencing or, or, or landscaping whatever he said i'll make it a 50 foot buffer 50 so they went to a 50 feet buffer they asked that to be put into the motion if one you know to add that to the uh, to the minutes is it was added of, is that off of wooten road off of the south off of pleasant hill and wooten would pleasant be a 50 hill foot bu- wooten, 50 a 50 foot, foot buffer, buffer. Okay, gotcha. so a motion was made with all of those concessions yes uh and the motion did pass five to two so it barely got the supermajority. right uh alderman piper and alderman lynch voted no but it was still a supermajority. so that will now be able to relocate there that will go that will go there yep and the medical marijuana thing, I mean, it's definitely going to be open and working within the next five years. Do we know 18 months, two years? The, you know, they talked about it. They, you know, they kind of mentioned, and, and um, the guy, you know, so George Reedy brought it up. Of course, he sold it to the medical marijuana. Sure. And then the guy doing the sideshow saying, you know, well, this is, you know, we don't want this to also come here. This could also be, if they rezone it this, well, then it could locate here too. And they're like, no, that's not what we're doing. The city would have to approve, a mar- you know, we, we have stipulations right, they for have that, yeah. medical marijuana. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that was discussed, but no timelines or anything about when that was coming was discussed no. so slideshow was impressive he does a good job he does a good job <laughs> he figured out the powerpoint he figured he out the figured powerpoint out did the PowerPoint. not get it did not go his way but he did figure out the powerpoint figure out the powerpoint well look three issues from the planning commission went through and the board of aldermen listened to the cases and moved forward that's right yeah. i mean that, I mean, it it went how it was supposed to go they heard both sides sure. was a good you know some some aldermen we're not saying it should have gone like right. positive no, or oh, negative I, yeah, we're just yeah. saying no, it, it was, happened to pass yeah and, it happened to pass so that was but it didn't it, I mean, it, but it, aren't we pro-commerce though i mean i guess i'm just really struggling with that i mean i own a business and i don't own a business that large yet you know to where i need that much space and so forth but i mean you know tax revenue I mean, and know, all that I, kind of our, stuff. our neighborhood had a commercial center right. approved to the south of us. Yeah, I mean, sure. very, very similar. Very, I mean, I would say within the same distance from your house to where uh, the ARG building right. is and the other f- four or five commercial lots that they had zoned. Right. Now, it was not equipment selling, right? It was not yeah. It was not that type of C2, but we did have either C2 or C4 zone there. Now, of course, they went back and now are doing residential houses, but for a decade or so, it's it could have been any kind of commercial property in that zoning. So we are, I, we are pro-commerce, but I, people that have lived there for so many years – I would think if Jimmy Gray and the Country Ford had not already been there, right, as sure. he mentioned, for 40 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe, okay, this was the first thing. Yeah, okay, you're kind of breaking up the countryside. But this is this is being built right next to a, a terrible-looking old dealership. Right. I, I think that's okay. It's going to be much be okay. nicer than that. Yeah. Isn't it a little surprising that either of those dealerships have not been sold to a massive Loves or a you know, travel <sighs> it's, it's pilot kind of situation? Coming. It's got to be coming. Right. So, I mean, I just, mean, with AWG coming in there, 269 right there, something for that yeah. Nesbitt exit, I think will look a lot different 10 years sure. from now. When in doubt, just build a convenience store. Just build one. <laughs> well, they didn't mention that. When in doubt. He was big, like, yes. His slideshow said – We've already got three coming in, like right, right within there. a mile of us. We don't need any more of those. They, they know where, they can find some beef jerky. <laughs> okay, did, they, did they can that. find some beef jerky pretty quick. Yeah. All right. The next thing. Now we moved into subdivision uh, approvals. Uh, so the f- next one on the planning uh, part of the meeting was the Grove Park Heights first revision. So this is right below us, oh, yeah, just right. exactly what we're talking about. Five homes, right? So it's six homes. Oh. There, this the there are six lots. 
the only thing they were bringing was they wanted to amend the lot lines. So they were making lot one, and this is the one right off. You know where that ditch? Yeah. I, I still don't know how they're going to put a house five there. houses. It's, it's six. I thought we switched to five. No, it's four on one side, mm. two on the other. Oh, okay. um, but, <laughs> again, I don't know what that lot it's one. It's a treehouse. It's that a tree one house. is, uh, and again, so they had to make that lot smaller. They oh, allowed that lot to be slightly smaller, Ooh. which made the other three, three slightly bigger. So it was just an amendment, no other changes. It was approved. Uh, the next one was the Wilkins subdivision, the request for the final plot of one lot on 8.7 acres. Uh, this is the same property that was just rezoned. So they had to go from that hour and 20-minute talk yeah. to then say, okay, now we're going to approve the final plot. There were originally three lots that made up that 8.7 acres. And so, of course, Mr. Uh, Wilkins is asking for one whole lot to put right, his stuff sure. on. So they just they moved it from three lots to one lot, zone C2, 50-foot buffer. All that was restated. So that was approved. Then that came the other long part of the meeting. Still in the planning commission, out of the uh, planning department, out of the subdivision talk, into the appeal of the decision of the Historic Preservation Commission. So there was a there's a house at 2550 West Street. This is right behind um, the city square, right behind Hernando Square. Um, if you know where there's a, a couple of law offices, uh, right behind that there is a house that is a, a house that definitely has been there since 1950. Some say it may be even potentially back to 1886, and there is proof of another structure that was at that location in 1930. What's the address? So 2550 West okay. Street. 2550 West Street. Got yeah. It. So that house was sold. 2557, um, is it not? 2550 West Street. 2550, um, okay. Yeah. The house was sold. A couple of years ago, and I'll get to explain who it was sold to in just a moment. Oh, I see. It's across the street from Zim C's house. That, yeah, across the street. That's right. Right across the street. The house was sold, and it was approved by the Historic Preservation Committee to be torn down and a brand new house put up. Hello. Again, 1950, or was it 1930, or was it 1886? Nobody has exact proof of when this house was built. So the house was approved to be torn down, as I mentioned. So, the historic, so some people appealed to the city of the Historic Preservation Committee allowing this to happen. It was done within the time frame allowed. That's why it was, uh, came last night. A cost to repair and restore was issued with the cost to tear it down and a cost to build. So they put up on the screen, this is how much it would cost us to restore and to repair the building. And this is how much it would cost us just to tear it down and build a new house. It was cheaper to tear it down and build a new house. Of course it was. Now, so we'll get to that. So a the Historic Committee, committee did, not, did allow them to tear it down, but said it was a tough decision. There were several people there. Christy Perkins was the first to speak and said she bought a house, also in the historic district, that has been burned, that is in severe disrepair, that she did not even know was an option to tear down. To tear down. And so she's like, and they're going to dump a bunch of money into this house to get it back up to standards because they're moving there within the next year or two. Um, so what the owners – so but. The, when things started to come to light was when the owners came up there to start talking. So the owners of this are Mr. and Mrs. Black. Miss Black, Mrs. Black, uh, was a daughter of the Ware family. So she is a Ware. And they lived in that house for 30-something years. This is Simon Ware's sister. Right. So Simon Ware, his two siblings, lived in this house. She was one of them. Her dad died. So Mr. Simon Ware, old Simon, uh, Mr. Old Man Simon Ware, died in 2006. Her mother died uh, in 2020. And since 2020, she bought the house from the other two siblings, basically. Right. Okay. So she won, and so she went in there. So she completely understood. Hey, look, I lived there for. Right. My, She's got more dog in the. Yeah. yeah. I lived there, and then before that, it was Donna Harris's family lived yeah. there. Donna Harris lived there for ten or twelve years because Alderman Harris spoke up that his sister-in-law lived there for you know ten or twelve years before the where they, the where's actually bought it from her family, so. Everybody, it's not like somebody came in out of town and of bought course. this house to yes. tear it down. So she did have a lot of things. But she said, look, there's so many things wrong with this house. There, there's there's rotted damage. There's Everything would have to be gutted, retorn out, done. And basically it would be $464,000 to bring this back up to, to repair it and to fix it up how they want to live in it for a 2,100-square-foot house, which comes to $212 a foot. And that there is no way that they would do that to the house. They she said, "Look, if I don't do it, and if we don't allow us to do this, 
basically the house is just going to cave in of on course, itself. Yes, yes. So that was her, her case and the police to, to abide by what the Historic Preservation Com- you know, Committee voted on. Rob Long is a chairman of the Historic Preservation Commission. We love Rob Long. Gives us a fact of the month every month and used to be a fact of the week. But he got up there to speak and of course, I mean, he's a, a very extremely nice man. He said, look, it was a very difficult decision. It was not taken lightly. He mentioned about Donna ha- uh, Harris living there before the wares. He did a wonderful job discussing the history and the other houses that have been torn down where Kroger was, where the administration building now are. Those all used to have historic houses that the, the city has now lost. He did mention that the Historic Preservation Commission did not start until 1997. So those houses were not saved because it was not done at the time. And then there was also some, some more mention of other places that have been lost at times. So he said, look, when we talked about this, we knew what was going on. The buyer's sister also talked and asked the board to allow them to tear down the house because she was also afraid. She said, look, we did live there, and it wasn't always safe, and we are very scared. Like We were scared. Our mother lived there. We kind of kept it patched together as best we could until she passed away, but it's going to cave in on itself. We're going to lose a house because nobody's going to fix this up, and, and we're a family that lived there. We, we're the last ones that want to see it torn down, but we don't think we have any other option, or my sister doesn't think she has any other option. Then Simon Ware, again the brother, he went up there and talked about how they inherited the house, had to make the decision after his sister bought it. He said, look, there's just no other way to save this house. My dad was the only repairman on this house until he died in 2006. We haven't had anything else done. My mother couldn't afford it. And so that, that's kind of where it is. Then Amy Chatham went up there. She spoke to keep the house, said that she had no idea that it was an option to tear down the house and worried about the precedent that it would it may set. That basically when you buy a historical house, um, you know, if, if you say, oh, it's going to cost me too much. Can I just tear it down that, you know, that other things will happen. They'll just kind of use this as a precedent. And she said, look, when you buy a historical house, whether you live there or not, you know, it's a money pit. You know what it's going into. Stephen Pittman, she looked right at Stephen Pittman. You have an old house in town. You know how much it costs to fix that up. The Perkins, they knew exactly what they were getting into when they purchased the house, how much it was going to cost to fix them up. But they tried to save a piece of Hernando history that should go into buying the house. And if you don't want it, or want to put the money into it, then just don't buy the house. Um, she mentioned that the Thompson house, Ken Thompson's house, Dr. Thompson's house, that house had a tree growing through it, and they decided to save it, add on to it. Uh, and she also they, mentioned – They just used the wood. Just used the wood. That's right. <laughs> they used the, uh, She also mentioned, look, I lived – I've grown up all my life. I saw the house that was before the county administration building. I saw the house that was there where the Kroger is now. The Cadence Bank – had a beautiful mansion just like the uh, bed and breakfast next to it. There was a house very similar to that where Cadence Bank is that was just torn down for Hernando Bank before um, before Cadence well, Bank, you know, Bank of Mississippi, then Bank of South, then Cadence Bank, all the same location. So what happened? So they started talking about it. The contractor, Mr. Steele, this was the most interesting part, I, I think, besides learning the history. He is the contractor both for the Perkins keeping a house and for this family looking to tear it down. He said, look, I'm on both sides of this. I, that's fine. If, if y'all vote against this, you have to decide what you're going to do with this property because the house will need to be condemned sure. or something. I would rather you know look to do it this way than have the city come in, or you need to take it commercial, right? right allow it to go commercial. Uh, so there was a lot of back and forth. Finally, a motion was made by Chad Wicker. He said, look, with a heavy heart, I'm, I'm going to make this motion. Made the motion, seconded by uh, Alderman Piper. It passed with a 5-2 to two vote to allow the teardown to stand with Alderman Harris and Alderman Lynch voting against it. So that's the kind of the, the longest part. Um, just to, you know, So we will be losing that house, but it sounds like for all those who had a real interest in it, it probably is for the best. Um, and then after that, there was a, one more thing by the planning uh, department, was the subdivision regulations. All new regulations will have the language in that have to use the new nice wrought iron signs with all the so basically every street sign in the city of Hernando at some point will all look the same all new developers will have to put in that specified type signage that was all that had to do with that Dale Bellflower then came up there he talked about the um Mr. Dell has been on the show before. He's been on the show before. The Veterans Day banners, if you have not seen those, those are yes. up now. Uh, and I will say that Alderman Miller wants to make sure that you've seen them because his picture is one of them, and he oh, wants wow. to make sure that you see it. Uh, and But he also asked, he said, look, they're up there. This, of course, you know, they thanked him so much for doing that. He went ahead and asked for Phase 2, so the next run of banners, to go ahead and be approved for next, pre-approved for next year. Of course, they, uh, they approved that. Do those stay up year-round, or how does that work? It's or? from – 
basically now until I believe Veterans Day. Okay, so it's gotcha. kind of during the holiday season. The okay, yeah, gotcha. it, it, then they give it to the families, and then the next round will come through. Uh, basically, it's supposed to think be from Memorial Day to Veterans Day, uh, so May to November, but they put them up a little early. The next um, topic of discussion was the moving of the city ward polling locations. Now that we have been redistricted, it was approved, it's all set in place, the city needs to look for new places to vote. Now, the fire stations have been deemed too dangerous to get in and out of, so they're really looking for places to, to, uh, to supplement those. Summit Church in Colonial Hills offered to be a sitting polling place since they already have county polling places. The Gale Center also is used by the county, and so that could replace the, the city fire station, the one behind City Hall as well. Well, there was conversation on those. Summit Church thought was, was thought to be too far north. Summit is very close to Star Landing Road. Correct. Uh, and so it's probably a little too far for people that are like, you know, because this is for Ward 1. Natalie, you know, her district goes all the way like to Oak Grove and kind of up that side of, of the west side of the city. So people from Oak Grove might not want to drive all the way up to Star Landing basically to vote. What so, about, I, I do know of a house that's going to be torn down soon that might could, would that work? <laughs> would that work before it's What'd torn down? What'd you hear that? What'd you hear that? I'm just saying, before okay. it's torn down, might as well use it one more use. One more use. So they, they did go ahead and say, look, we'll take – they're going to move. Colonial Hills is going to be one. Gale Center will be the other one. The, the third one, that, that Summit was going to replace the, the fire station up on 51 North. They're going to try to find another location. They mentioned two or three other places the mayor is going to talk to, and he's going to bring that back to the board. Three-hour-long meeting, you said. So six to nine almost, give I or take? I think I did that in about – 25 to 30 minutes, Matt. Try to do the best I could summarize it. And Derek, that's why people tune in. That's why people tune in to the UCW podcast so they don't have to go through three hours of alder meetings and watch it on YouTube, which we encourage you to go watch it on YouTube. Please uh, don't stop doing that. They have, in the last three years, Derek, since we've been on the air, about the last three years, they've that's right around the time they started really improving right. the uh, coverage there with the YouTube channel. So simply go on YouTube, go to Her- City of Hernando, Mississippi, and you're going to see uh, the wonderful YouTube channel with all the planning commission stuff that Derek's talked about and all the Board of Alderman meetings that happen twice a month. The first and third Tuesday are going to be the Alderman meetings. And then in between the Alderman meetings, the second Tuesday is going to be the planning commission. All of those are covered and shown on the YouTube channel. Go take a look at that. Well, Derek, thanks a lot for, again for covering the second Alderman meeting in the month of April for the City of Hernando. Look forward to the coverage we have coming up in May. But Derek, go ahead and tell us all about the official dentist of the UTW podcast, a wonderful, amazing business right here in the heart of Fernando. Tell us all about DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. Their practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, as we continue to move forward on the UTW podcast, we come to the Under the Water Tower shout-outs, which is simply an opportunity to uh, discuss, bring to light some different uh, nonprofits and things that are having uh, events and programs in the city of Fernando. And so, Derek, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to get out of your way. So let's go ahead and talk about or real, real quickly mention we got a little bit of talk back last week about that. Go ahead and tell us all about the Mud Bug Bash for the Palmer Home, benefiting the Palmer Home, coming up this Saturday night. A big event, the 19th annual, that benefits the children of Palmer Home right here outside of Fernando. That's right, Matt. Uh, the Mud Bug Bash uh, will be held this Saturday from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Panola Street in Hernando. Now, there's been some conversation around potential issues going on at the Palmer Home. The home has a board, so they have a board of directors that I would hope is aware of any issues and will handle those issues as they arise. We're just making the public aware of an event that has helped many children in the past and where they currently are is better than where they would be. So this event will help support those children, and that's why we're making this announcement uh, again. Uh, we're not going to dwell on it too much, uh, but it is this Saturday at, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, off right on Panola Street. Uh, so if that's something you want to do, again, it's going to be a, a big day, which we'll get to in just a second. So if you want to end the night that way, uh, it will be that with the um, proceeds, again, to benefit the Palmer Home uh, and 
hopefully understand that the children there, I would say almost in all cases, are better off than where they would have been uh, if that home was not there. Again, Derek, we're going to mention and we're going to we're going to ask for people to support the children of the Palmer home. Correct. You notice how we continue to say yeah. that. We'll just leave it at that and move on. Crawfish, who doesn't love crawfish? I love crawfish. I love crawfish. crawfish. Uh, you don't eat as much crawfish as you should. Is it, is it, is, is it bad? <laughs> last Saturday. Did yeah. you really? Oh, good yeah, for you. Okay, yeah. the, uh, there you go. That's, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, good yeah. for you. Yeah, I love crawfish. And crawfish is good. I love live music. I like silent auctions. Yep. I like uh, beautiful weather, which I think it's going to be this Saturday It's going to be chilly. It's going to be chilly. Gonna I'm be, actually going to be at the Morgan Wallen concert. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, be might have a hat on. Yeah. Not a cowboy hat because he didn't wear it either, but may have a little uh, you know, hoodie or something like that. Beanie or something like that. It's going to be pretty chilly for, hey, Rain coming through Thursday, rain on Friday. We'll take it as long as it's dry. It's going to be a beautiful. Get it out of here for Saturday. Yeah, I think we got it's going to be a lot of stuff going yeah, on Saturday. I think the high is seventy degrees. Yeah, I know one fraternity that's still moving forward with a uh, family day, a uh, parents' weekend. Well, I hope they have nothing <laughs> outside on Friday. Well, they don't have. Well, they 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 did have something outside on Friday, I believe, and then on on Saturday, I mean, the campus is Ole Miss has already blocked off the campus. You can't come on. So it's it's absolutely incredible. And then the, the baseball game is probably going to get postponed on Friday for a, a, probably a doubleheader. I would assume if it's, it's a doubleheader on Saturday. That's an absolute. Just I mean, wouldn't you play house. a ten o'clock ten o'clock game with the second the one to start? The 30 current minutes Saturday on? game is scheduled for two p.m. Well, so go ahead and put a ten and and thirty minutes after that, and let's roll and, and do the anyway two shows. Morgan Wallen, massive thing. Obviously, definitely not a uh, a nonprofit. I assure you no, of that. No. However, the passenger vans and cargo vans used by the concert promoter uh, come from mobile cars and vans. <laughs> Just an FYI, everybody. That's some of the some of the neat stuff we do. And uh, just got a call last week. Guess who will be doing the vans for Memphis in May? Um, Enterprise. Tri- no. Oh, oh you better shut your mouth. <laughs> you better shut. Mobile cars and vans out of Hernando will be doing those for uh, Memphis in May. So uh, looking forward uh, to that. A little scared though. They got to got to go to Memphis. So. Oh, hang on a second now. I'm a little scared. Wait a minute. I'm talking about going to get really muddy probably. Oh, may need a cleaning fee on that. Yeah, may need a cleaning yeah. fee. Add anyway, that to it. We digress. So. This coming Saturday night, if you like crawfish, I know where you can find it, right off the square, right here in Hernando. That same day, before you go looking for crawfish in Hernando, Derek, tell us all about the DeSoto Arts Council Arts Festival tied in with the Hernando Chamber, well, actually the Hernando Farmer's Market. That's right. Earth Day. That's right. That morning. Tell us all about it. All right. So if you can't go down to Oxford, if you don't want to go down to Oxford and, and deal with the campus being shut down, the absolute madhouse. You're crazy not to go. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> the baseball games, all that kind of stuff. There's plenty to do here in Hernando. So there are three things going on simultaneously uh, on Saturday uh, from starting at 9 a.m. The first is the Farmer's Market, of course, will open us from 9 to 1. This is the annual uh, fa- Farmer's Market, of course, and this is the opening day uh, and the first official day of the Farmer's Market that will go all the way until the end of October. Also, starting at 9 a.m. will be Earth Day. Earth Day, of course, everything having to do with how to preserve the earth, uh, you know, ecology, all those kind of wonderful things your children can learn. They have interactive games, all that kind of stuff going on for the children. And then uh, at the same time, the DeSoto Arts Festival will also be from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So, again, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for the art, uh, the Farmer's Market, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for the Earth Day and for the DeSoto Arts Festival. And for the Arts Festival, there will be 40-plus vendors free activities for the kids, and information about upcoming arts classes. Just a wonderful day on the square. Again, the rain will be out. It will be a little wet around the square, but, of course, a lot of the square is concrete and street, so it should be just fine. Come on out. It will be a little chilly, nice little breeze. I think the high is like 60, 62, so a little, a little chilly, but a wonderful time to come out and support uh, just those three wonderful things, Farmer's Market, Earth Day, and the Arts Council, and finishing up on sat- oh, with crawfish on Saturday night. Lots to do in the city for Fernando, tons to do in North Mississippi. I mean, say what you want to about Morgan Wallen, Hardy, all them. Largest concert in the history of North Mississippi. 52,000 people in Vault Hemingway Stadium both nights, Saturday and Sunday. I mean, it's really – they're expecting over 200,000 people in the city of Oxford throughout the weekend. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, from Thursday to Tuesday. And uh, don't forget, if you see any white vans cruising around <laughs> – um, those are for mobile cars and vans, and so we're. You, pro- you probably need to get the logo put on there. We need, we need that logo. You know, I, I, I thought about doing that, but Enterprise they don't have to. I mean, they're really, really big, but still, it's one, not everybody likes. I know, that. I know. You, you don't want to drive without the Well, I mean, no offense, but I mean, Morgan Wallen doesn't endorse me. He That's should. True. I mean, he should. <laughs> I mean, why would you not? I mean, if he if he wants me, you know what? If Morgan Wallen wants me to sing a song with him. On Saturday night, if that's if that's needed, I can hate, I, look. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm I'm good one time, baby. That, that, oh, hey, hey, that is not a Morgan Wallen song. It's not, not a, very not much a, so. Not a Toby Wallen Keith song. Yeah. is Toby Keith still alive? <laughs> R.I.P. 
Is he? I don't know. Arby, I, he's yeah. definitely still alive. <laughs> oh I know he had God. cancer. I know he's he's, he's doing better than that. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing a lot better. Yeah, he's, he's gonna better. be on on tour soon. I saw Toby Keith Derek at the Bank Plus Amphitheater, which is reopening pretty soon. I did see some drone footage and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. The amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, it start opens tomorrow with Better Than Ezra. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Better Than Ezra tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday night, April 20th, Better Than Ezra starts at 7 p.m. Let's just hope they finish before the rain starts. Why are you not going to Better Than Ezra? I mean, you're, you like Better Than Ezra. That, that is, I, yeah, I do. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure why I'm not going. Uh, well, time to change that. I know. Time to change that. Uh, any, any last-minute tickets out there for Better Than Ezra? Let me know about it. I, just remember, I literally just remembered it was it was Thursday night. Zero reason to not go yep. here at Better Than Ezra, yep. Derek, because uh, that's, that's right up your alley. Well, Derek, let's turn our attention to sports. Since our last show, all the schools we covered, North Point, Hernando, and Lewisburg, tell us all about the sports since our last show. All right, we got uh, kind of a rundown here, finishing up the regular season for baseball and for softball, and uh, going a little bit longer for North Point sports, which is where we start. Uh, North Point soccer, uh, they beat ECS 4-3 in a huge district win last Thursday. Merrill Lashley had two goals. Eli Bailey had a goal and an assist, and Charles Craig had a goal. They then moved to 6-3 and three overall and 3-1 and one in district before they faced off against St. George's Tuesday night in another crucial district matchup. The Trojan kept pace with the Griffins until the last 10 minutes when a 2-2 tie became a 4-2 Griffin win. The loss drops the Trojans to 6-4, and 3-2 and two overall in district and end their district season. They will play again Thursday night, so tonight, at home against Whitehaven, and then will have Two matches next week as they await to hear their playoff seating. They will, they will make the playoffs, just a matter of they're going to get a home game, kind of how everything shakes out. We'll wait to see. Moving to North Point baseball. North Point was coming off a series sweep of ECS and traveled to Christian Brothers on Friday night for a return game that the Trojans won over CBHS earlier this spring. CBHS made sure they split the series, beating the Trojans 5-3. to three. The next day, the Trojans looked to get back on the winning streak on a winning streak in another non-conference game against Munford. This game would go in the Trojans' way with them getting a 8-5 to win. Sammy Chapman gets the win, and Rob Hayes leads the Trojans at the plate with three hits, including a home run and three RBIs. Then the Trojans move back into district play, taking on St. George's in a two-game district series. On Monday, the Trojans get the win 11-1. to Connor McNatt gets that win, going all five of the required innings in the 10-run win. Rob Hayes, again, led at the plate, going 3-for-4 with two RBIs. Cade Freeze also had two hits, and McNatt a home run. The Trojans went for the series sweep on Tuesday and were able to get the sweep with a 7-to-4 victory. The Trojans built a 6-0 lead, only to see the Griffins trying to battle back, but J.B. Williams ends up going all seven innings and was able to finish the victory, again, 7-to-4. With the win, the Trojans moved to 19-2-1, and 7-1 in district play, and will next play Thursday night at Bartlett. Moving down to Lewisburg softball. When we last left the Lady Patriots, they were looking at a two-game series against DeSoto Central. DeSoto Central took the first game 7-4, forcing the Lady Patriots to have to get the win on Thursday night to get a crucial district split. The game was a tight one throughout, but the Lady Patriots win it in the end 6-5 to with Casey Raggett holding in the circle going the complete game with three Ks. Aubrey Williams and Leanne Stokes led at the plate with two hits each, and Stokes also had a home run. The very next night, the softball team stayed in district taking on Center Hill, and this time it was easy pickings for the Lady Patriots. They get the 14-1 win in five innings with Emma Abrams getting the complete game victory and Leah Walker leading at the plate with three hits and two RBIs. Then on Monday, the Lady Patriots wrapped up their regular season against the Brighton Cardinals. The Lady Cardinals were just what the Lady Patriots needed to end the season on a win and to get ready for the playoffs with Lewisburg winning that game 13-3. Aubrey Williams again had a home run and two RBIs. Lexi Edmiston had two hits. And Alyssa Harville had three hits and three RBIs. The Lady Patriots end the season at 19-8, 5-1 in district, but lose the tiebreaker to DeSoto Central and will be the two seed in District 2-6A. We will update the playoffs that start next week on next week's show. Lewisburg Baseball. Lewisburg was coming off a Game 1 loss to DeSoto Central and needed to rally in Games 2 and 3 with playoff seeds on the line. On Thursday night, the Patriots and the Jaguars battle in another one-run game, with this one turning out in the Patriots' favor, who get a crucial 4-3 win. Gunnar Gilmore and Jarrett Morris each have two hits, and Caden Baker gets the win going six and one-third innings and having 11 strikeouts. So game three on Friday would be the deciding game for the series, and if Lewisburg won, they would wrap up district 
with one game left to play. Things did not look good for the Patriots, who entered the seventh inning down 2 nothing. but a 4-1 run rally at the top of the seventh saw the Patriots mount an amazing comeback and get the 4-2 victory and not only take the season series, but are the 2023 District 2 6A champions. Gunnar Gilmore gets the win in relief, and Austin Kilpatrick leads at the plate with two hits. With the division wrapped up, they played Center Hill in Game 3 of their season series on Monday after it was rained out two weeks ago. Lewisburg had already won the series, but they had to play out the string, and they may and that may have been what the Patriots were doing as they fall to the Mustangs 6-5 to five and finish the district at 7-2. and two. Their regular, final regular season game was on Tuesday night for senior night, and they hosted West Union as their final tune-up for the playoffs next week. Lewisburg came out swinging and got the 12-5 win over West Union and was led by Easton Fessmeyer with two hits, Gunnar Gilmore with two hits, Gage Haley with two hits, including a home run, and Preston Sowell got the win for the Patriots. The Patriots finished their regular season 20-7, and 7-2 in district, and will get a first-round bye for the playoffs with the one seed. Now turning to here under the water tower, starting with Hernando softball. Hernando looked to stay on the winning track in district and traveled last Wednesday to South Panola to take on the Lady Tigers. The game was close, but the UTW Tigers won 3-1, to one, getting another district win. Avery Taylor and Callie Desmond led at the plate with two hits, with Taylor having a home run and Desmond a double. Kate Johnson went all seven innings with seven strikeouts. The next night, they traveled to South Haven in another district matchup and made easy work on the Lady Chargers, winning 16-1 with Desmond again having two hits, Olivia Higginbotham with two hits, Hayden Hodge with two hits, and Kaylin Lynch with two hits, both doubles. Christina Jeter gets the win in the circle. The Lady Tigers then brought their 21-6, 5-0 district record back home Tuesday night for the final home game and district game as well as senior night against South Panola. The Lady Tigers were looking for the perfect district record and that number one seed and the bye that comes with it. However, the, the winner of this game would get that one seed and the loser the second seed because the only loss South Panola had was to Hernando last week 3-1. to one. Hernando jumped out to a 4-1 lead after the first inning, but South Panola got four runs in the third to take a 5-4 lead. Hernando then came back to tie it in the bottom of the third, 5-5. South Panola then got three runs in the fifth, and another five in the sixth to, to pull away and win 13-5. to five. Because of that run differential, they get the one seed. Hernando is now the two seed and will play a best-of-three series starting this Friday in Hernando against the three seed in Region 2, 6A, which, of course, is the, our neighbors right here in DeSoto County, and that means they will be facing off against Center Hill again Friday starting in Hernando this Friday night. It has been a little while since Hernando had to play the first round. That is correct. I mean, really and truly, that's – wow, South Panola. South Panola comes District champion. They district champion. That is surprising. And congratulations to the uh, seniors, um, the two ladies there. They've been a part of the uh, softball program for a long time. So congratulations to them. And now the playoffs start. And so it's going to be a – you know, all the way – to get to Hattiesburg, which we can talk about that some other time, but to get to the state title is going to take another round through her, uh, you know, by Hernando, and we'll see. Now, I think – so if I'm, if I'm thinking about this right, and I'm sure somebody can email me and correct us if I'm wrong, so DeSoto Central and South Panola get the buys. Correct. Uh, Hernando will be playing Center Hill. And Lewisburg will be playing, I believe, South Haven. I Correct. think that's who yeah. came in third. Yeah, Horn Lake's uh, definitely last. Yeah, Horn Lake's last. So, anyway, that's how that, that will start again Friday. DeSoto Central and South Panola will not play until next Friday. So, they literally wait a week Correct. in between each round. Correct. Now, finally, Hernando baseball. Hernando was coming off two outstanding offensive games and welcomed Germantown, Tennessee to Hernando for senior day and the final regular season game for the Tigers. The offense continued their onslaught in a 17-0 win over the Red Devils. Hayden Carlini had three hits, including a triple, and also pitched three innings for the win. Cade Kotska had a home run and a triple, and seven RBIs to lead the offensive onslaught. The Tigers end the season at 21-4, 8-1 in district, and will await the, this week with the bye to see who they will play next week in the playoffs. They play the winner of DeSoto Central and Tupelo. That is correct. That sounds very hard. Yeah, so Woo. <laughs> get ready, Hernando. Yeah, get ready, Hernando. It's Gosh, not going to be an easy round two uh, matchup. Can we talk about how how bad Germantown's falling off? Man, it's just, I, it's, I, I don't even want to – Germantown, Tennessee, 25 years ago would have been 
the cream of the crop from a baseball standpoint. Oh, it would have been that, that would have it, it's unbelievable. That was a Hernando loss easily, easily, easily. Wow. Five years just, ago. What a what a different world it is now. It, that's true. Uh, and so we just want to say, look, good luck. So all the public schools playoffs have started. So either yes. we got two teams playing this weekend. We've got the other two teams. Both so both softball teams playing this weekend. Uh, both baseball teams got the bye till end of next week. So good luck to all four of the public schools. We will cover who made the playoffs. You know. Uh, as once we know those uh, matchups next week, we hope that both Hernando and Lewisburg make it through to the next round, sure. and we'll give you updates on all of that next Thursday. Matt, one more uh, final thing in sports. Uh, we want to just shout out real quick. Hernando names Jamie Cross, their new volleyball coach. Uh, Cross has been the Hernando Middle School volleyball coach. Of course, we reported on here a couple weeks ago that the current coach is retiring to go watch her daughter play uh, down there, uh, I believe, in La- uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And so, no, actually, Lake uh, no, Derek, goes to McNeese. Yeah, in Lake That's Charles. Right, I'm sorry, goes to McNeese. McNeese. Not ULLA. And beat LSU yesterday. Yeah, not ULLA. Uh, they're going down to McNeese, so uh, yep. going down to Lake Charles, which is a, a quite a haul down yeah. to Lake Charles. That, that's yeah. not a that's not an easy trip. I mean, she'll be doing other things, but yeah, that's one thing she will be doing. <laughs> uh, that's she's one not moving into the dorm with her. No, no, no. So that is uh, but so Jamie Cross will be taking her place, who has been coaching the Hernando Middle School team for the last several years. That's correct. And so we want to say congratulations again to Miss Vincent uh, and her daughter as she continues on with her life, and to Jamie Cross on. On the new position. That's right, Derek. A lot of different moving parts right there. Looking forward to covering the baseball. Saw a couple of the baseball players uh, at the gas station right next to me here at the Mobile Car and Vanderbilt Studios and uh, visit with them a little bit. And uh, they know what's coming. DeSoto Central and Tupelo are uh, going to be, you know, prominent programs in the area so they know it's uh, it's not going to be easy so we look forward to covering all those th- different things coming up pretty soon well Derek, you talked last week again last show was amazing go listen to it if you want to <laughs> i can't talk about certain things from last week's show but but i'm gonna let it go but go listen to it it's really really uh, a good good show but Derek, last week you talked about starting a new study a new bible study with your sunday school class tell us about that again tell us about how that went and what are we doing this week the liturgy of the ordinary is what we're starting this week liturgy of the ordinary um what this means is basically it's, it's a really cool book uh, i've read probably about half of it i've gotten halfway in we're going to just discuss the first hopefully first two chapters there's about 12 chapters so we'd like to break this into a six to eight week study try to be done right there when summer starts um and what we're going to look at the the author divides the day into normal activities that everybody does every day so literally uh chapter one waking up so and this is I just want the listeners to think about this. I would love for you to come to my class. I realize you probably won't unless you already go to our church. But um, I do want to say that what this is kind of how this book works. So when you wake up that first 10 seconds, when you realize that you are awake and conscious, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? It's asking you to. And that's the, the question I'm going to pose to the class. What is be honest with yourself. What's the first thing that you think about this morning, right. even this morning? And so we'll, we'll Stup- talk about that. Stupid alarm clock. Yeah. Well, that, that may be true. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's basically as you're doing that, just you know, the first thing of consciousness, is there a way to start? You know, That may be the only 10 seconds of silence you get all day. Sure. That may be the only 10 seconds, as long as the alarm's not blaring at you. It may be the only 10 seconds that you have where you could think where your, your mind is still clear. You don't have the anxiety quite hit you yet. And then that could be, I mean, there, there could be space for God to talk to you in that time frame. Yeah. So it's literally taking stuff like that. So waking up, chapter two, brushing your teeth. Right. It's literally things, taking ordinary, ordinary things, things we do every day. And how can you not only bring God into that? It's not really saying, okay, well, God, help me brush my teeth. It's more saying, okay, during that two minutes that you should be brushing your teeth, can you pray? Yeah, I mean, just sure. using stuff like that. So it's a really cool way to, hey, look, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Make simple, making things simply and just kind of bringing that, uh, you know, just, again, Christ or, or just religion in general into your life. Right. So I would say probably most of our listeners think when they wake up, they need to, you know, thank God for another day yep. and then wonder if it's Thursday and the UTW podcast is going to be out. Yeah, I mean, be a good one. how fast can they get the show out? That's it. Look, I have a really, you and I both have a really good friend, absolute sweetheart, Ashley Bird, who works so well, well with us at the church. Uh, you know, she said to, uh, something 10 years ago. She's our quasi Sunday school teacher, but won't take the title. But anyway, <laughs> she talked about just being a Christian, being so intentional. It just is. You have to be intentional every day with what you're doing, how you're treating, raising up your children, uh, you know, and you and I haven't always done that. But now in our 30s and 40s, we're pursuing that and pushing that as best we can, um, as best we can. We are by far not not perfect. Um, We're very close. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm hoping I'm 5149. I'm really hoping yeah, 5149. 51 yeah, screenshot this, Derek. 
we digress, of course. Hey, man, what a fun time we have on the UTW podcast. We're so appreciative of you coming on this weekly journey with us. Thank you to our sponsors, all the people that uh, trust us to throw their names around uh, each week, and we really appreciate uh, that. Look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, on Twitter at UTW Pod. Also, wherever you listen to our show, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. They release a show very early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also deep dive into Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show Please consider maybe trying to uh, turn turn the TV on 4 or 4.30 in the Memphis area for the next three or four days. Look for the Big Lane family. It's going to be the Big Lane women. It's going to be all the women cousins. It's all the women cousins. So it's my sister and four first female cousins. Yes. They look, I've, I've seen the Instagram. Look like they had a blast. Looks like, the kind of, looks like the kind of group that would be fun to go to a ball game with or something like that. They look like they have a really good time. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, I got to think about this. Why doesn't Family Feud have a repeat champion? And keep and keep moving and moving. I think that'd be really cool. No, they, they have so you can go up to five shows. Okay, and then on the if you win five shows in a right. row, you win you win a car. You win a car. That's it. And Everybody done. wins a car or one car. That would suck. I think it's just one car. Oh, that's I'm terrible. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they give away. All right, five so cars. let me let me make Family Feud better right now. Have a champion, and they they win until they lose. Oh, you just like Jeopardy. You just Done. keep going. Just you keep win going. until yeah. the, you, okay. you play yeah. until you lose. Okay. And then you get like they, they up the ante for every like extra, you know, feud or what, yeah. what's it, what's the end that called? Oh, uh, great feud or whatever, whatever it is. Um, bonus round, something, whatever. And what I'm saying is, is you look up and somebody's gone and that, that, that family's really, really good and they're going 20, 25, 30 shows. Man, they're getting into the millions. That would be awesome. I think it would be awesome. The problem, you know, and of course, there are, there are families that go five shows to get right, a car. Sure. Um, I think that but just one could be a suburban a so we can all ride together. <laughs> th- oh my god, that would be a very would large SUV. But I think the the family feud is hard because yes, yes. it's not it, the 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 smartest or best people don't yes. always win because it's yes. it's based off of a hundred random people's Correct. answers. And so if you don't if you get four of the five. You still don't win, right? Brutal, I mean, man. like if yeah. you you can have the the dollar amount up to two hundred, and then you can't get that final answer that sure. two people gave, sure. and they go over there and they steal on the other side. They got one answer and they get all the money. Like it's, Derek, it's a tough, it's a tough hey, game. But seriously though, there's some families when it goes to the other side and they go to play it. Oh my gosh, there's some. Oh, morons. I'm gonna say, say this. Okay, it's not coming <laughs> no, out no, until no, tomorrow. You can't say it. No, no, I, don't say it. I, I, I don't oh, know what happened. Okay, okay, I really don't you. know any results. I do know that there were there were times where answers were given. Mm. That were not then given. There was discussion, but the final answer, uh, like like there was yeah, discussion. The, 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 the captain, the, the team captain. Yeah, yeah, the team captain picked one of the ones yeah. that was maybe not right. Oh gosh! And one of the right answers was given. And like she said. will not be at Christmas this year. <laughs> she will not be at the Fourth of July Big well, Lane we'll see Party. How that goes. We'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Oh, Can't that's wait fun, to, man. I'm really, really cheering for. Absolutely, it. a lot of. Well, that's a really neat thing again for the Big Lane family. So pay attention to that this weekend. Look on, look at Family Feud. Show your kids and say, "Hey, I know the guy. I know that uh, that lady there. Her name's Rebecca. Yeah, I think uh, maybe in the blue dress, Rebecca. She's a wonderful uh, lady, and uh, we just love her to death. She's a great person. Thanks a lot again for coming on this journey for the UTW podcast. Have a safe weekend. A lot of different things going on. If you want crawfish in Hernando, you can find it. I'll be in Oxford for the Morgan Wallen concert, the biggest concert in the history of North Mississippi. Everybody, be safe out there. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt and I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. 